instead of doing it every week and talking about different ministries week after week after week, we're going to pour it all into one special weekend, that is today, of a missions focus, and then you'll get to meet one of our missionaries. If you don't know the Bates family, they'll actually be joining us, I think, over the next week. At some point in time, you'll get to see them. So lots of exciting things. You know, I'm a teacher by trade, so I'll just apologize. There's usually a bell at the end of class, so I know when to stop talking, and there's no bells here. So it might go for a while. I just apologize. So I've learned from the best on that one. It'll be just fine. And I don't know what that means. Yeah, all right. So... Uh, we'll, we'll get to hit lots of big ideas, but I'm going to actually start with a video clip today. I was able to interview just a few people here at NCC over the week, and I got to tell you, I am not the best videographer in the world, and it turns out that cell phones pick up a lot of extra sound. So bear with me just a little bit as we look at what it means to develop a heart for missions. Why should we be excited about missions? Because they're missionaries and they're part of our family in God. God called us to it, first of all. And so right there, I think a lot of times we forget just the fact that, that we are called to love people and to go out into a world that desperately needs Jesus. And so that this is, should be our passion, it should be our focus. Because of who Jesus is and because freedom is found in Christ, then we have to be out there telling people, if you want to be set free, you need to find Jesus, and so absolutely need a heart for missions. Um, to want to help and uh, with missions. Oh, would you like to go overseas as a missionary? Yes. Can you describe your heart for missions? I love being a part of missions. I've been able to go overseas and and spread the good news of Jesus over there. I've also been able to stay here and give to those that are going um, but I think the important thing to remember is that we are all called to be missionaries and God commands it in the Bible to go and spread the good news and I just love that we can be a part of that um, God doesn't have to use us and I think it's so exciting that he chooses to use us I'm excited at, uh, about missions at NCC because I'd like to just see where Man is obvious that sin nature is prevalent in all human lives. It is the problem with the entire world population. And had someone not shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with me, I wouldn't be here in this church involved with missions work from behind the desk. And I'm grateful for those who would be in the field when I'm not at doing the same thing to uh, advance the kingdom for the glory of God. What does it mean to be a missionary? Uh, to, to, to go to people that uh, don't know God and tell them about it. Oh, I like that. Tyler, what does it mean to be a missionary? I like your thinking pose there. Share the word. Share the word with who? People. Yeah, there we go. I love it. Morning again. I, I do have to tell you, I made a mistake. I was uh, listening to Pastor Jamin, and I wrote the word steak on my hand, and I'm thinking it's going to be a distraction during the next little bit. So that was actually not a good idea. Uh, shoot. Um, I did hear, though, that 
the first 10 people there on October 8th, there's a 12-ounce steak, and the, everybody else gets a 3-ounce petite. So you might want to <laughs> come early on the October 8th. Well, I'm Dan Schaefer, and this is A Heart for Missions, and we're going to be looking at a few things today as I help you develop a heart for missions, I'm hoping. Now, the problem is I get really, really excited when it comes to missions, okay? So I thought, let's just start with my story. I'm from Los Angeles, California, moved to Northern California, came to UNL because this is where my family's from. My family's from, my dad is from Wood River, Nebraska, and Schuyler and Omaha and Republican City. All my grandparents went to UNL, and so I really wanted to go to UNL as a kid. Well, when I came to UNL, I got uh, plugged in with Campus Crusade for Christ. My family had been praying that I would get plugged in with a group of some sort, and I was a lot like Dylan, actually. So I, ha I could say the right things. I could also make people laugh, and I, I learned that you can make people laugh by using inappropriate jokes and coarse humor. That, that worked really well for me as a high schooler, and then I came to UNL and realized that I, I need to go a different direction. So Campus Crusade for Christ is a group that reaches out on school campuses. It's a missions group for high school, or excuse me, for uh, college students, and it is exciting to get plugged into that ministry. So we're going to be looking at lots of different ministries, and we're going to be looking at First Thessalonians today and just some of the excitement there. But I'm going to go ahead and start with a word of prayer also as, as I get to preach. So Lord God, I just want to thank you. Thank you for the excitement that being up here today brings as we get to share my heart for missions as we get to develop our own heart for missions and lord i just want to thank you for this body of believers that we support missions that ncc is a firm piece in you that we can take some funds and we can send it overseas or to lincoln nebraska in your name we pray amen well it turns out that we do have a heart for missions here at ncc and we actually turn that into about 10 percent of our annual budget that we get from you guys as stewards, we take that and we use it across the world. And we have eight different missionaries that I'm going to showcase today. I'll talk about them just briefly, where they are. Not a lot of updates and highlights as we'll go pretty quickly through things. And I want to start with my story back to Campus Crusade for Christ. So I met my wife, Deborah Schaefer there, Campus Crusade, and we dated for a while. I knew that she was the one. She wasn't sure. It took a while longer. I was still sure she was the one. Finally, she came around. It was very exciting, but there was a problem. My wife had finished school already because I'm a little bit younger than her, and she was planning to go overseas. So she had raised support. I helped raise support, actually. We traveled around, and she was going to go with SIM. At that time, it was Society for International Ministries, and she was traveling to be a nurse in Ethiopia for a year, a whole year. And I thought, that's fantastic. I'm still in school you know what, you can go get that out of the way. You know, you can travel to Africa. You can go do what you need to do over there. And I'm going to stay here, get plugged in, and, and finish my degree. I was uh, fisheries and wildlife at that time, so I was going to be a park ranger. It was pretty exciting for me. I was going to do that. Well, what happened? God told her she had to wait, and 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 I was ready to get married. And this is a problem. And so I thought to myself, this is, what am I going to do? I, have, I don't really know what to do. I really, really want to marry her at this point in time. We need to do something. Something has to change. So I called Society for International Ministries and I said, hey, or missions, and I said, hey, I, I have a problem. I want to marry this gal and she is wonderful, but I have a plan. And I said, my plan is to fill out the application and be accepted to go to Ethiopia with her, but I don't want her to know. And so I went through the whole process 
And I applied for the missions, and I was actually accepted also separately from Deb. I went through the whole process without her knowing. And then we went on a ski trip in spring break. We went to Copper Mountain, Colorado, and at the top of the mountain, I got down on my knee on my snowboard, and I pull out a ring, and I, I asked her to marry me, and she actually said yes. Um, she actually put the ring on without saying yes, so that was a good sign. So she <laughs> took it from my hand. Yeah, it was very exciting for me, so I, I knew the answer was a go. And then she says, but what about Ethiopia? And I looked at her, and I said, I've already applied. I'm going with you. And so I surprised her. She had no idea that I was going to go to Ethiopia with her. Well, we had been raising money to go for a year. I was, had been helping, and we decided we worked it down, turned it into a little bit shorter trip. We'd come back for uh, a wedding and some different things. But that is how we got started, and that's how Deb got to be a, a missionary nurse in Ethiopia. And a lot of part of what she did was traveling clinics for mothers with young children or pregnant mothers with vaccinations going around. And we got to drive all around, her and I and uh, some friends there. I got to, a driver's license. I got to explore. I got to drive all over in a Toyota Land Cruiser where there were no roads. I mean, I had the time of my life, okay? I'm not going to lie. I loved every bit of the time there. I even got a pet goat. Uh, this, is, this is Mordecai, and uh, I had always wanted goats, actually, and they were all over, so I got, I got Mordecai there. And when I left, I gave him to a friend, and I said, the only thing is, you can't serve him to me as a going-away present. Please, <laughs> please don't cook him. They, they eat a lot of goat meat in Ethiopia, and I learned to really enjoy goats a lot, actually. So this is uh, now, okay, I'm proud of this picture. I found this one. Now, I don't know if you realize... <laughs> But I found the tie in this picture from 25 years ago. I know, yep. And these pants are the exact, no, no, no. So that's a little, that's a little different. So this morning, we're going to connect to this one big thought. While I was in Ethiopia, I had the opportunity to preach. They, they asked me to share a message in the church. Now, I got to tell you, it's a little bit different when you're overseas preaching down country in where I were, we were, we were near Waliso, Ethiopia, which is not the capital. It's not the biggest city. We were off the grid. I got to send emails by getting on a shortwave radio and reading the email to someone else in the capital. They would type out the email and send it back to the United States. I mean, it was crazy. We, we, we didn't have cell phones, okay? There was no communication a lot of time. There wasn't a lot of snacks or fast food. You know, none of those pieces as we were down country. And this is part of a message that I preached that day, I, I, or that when I was in Ethiopia. And this is from 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 8. So here's the connection, and this is verse 8 that I'll read in a minute. But I, as a church, we should be delighted to share not only the gospel of God, but our own lives with the people dear to us. Now, it turns out the reason why I focused on this uh, part of Thessalonians was because I had the entire verse backwards for most of my life. I grew up, for some reason, I, I knew this verse. I, I'd been taught this verse in church, and I always thought it said, you have to build a relationship with people and then share the gospel with them. I was convinced that the only way to share the gospel was to develop a relationship with people, because I know that's a good thing. I know that we do, as missionaries, we travel overseas, and we, we get to know people, we live there for a long time, we develop relationships with people, and at the same time, when I went back to the scripture and I was preaching there and I thought, this, this can't be right. I made a mistake here, but we're going to share not only the gospel of God, but our lives. So we start with the gospel and then share our lives. It's kind of an interesting thing as we go back and forth, but I'm going to go ahead and read now from 1 Thessalonians. I'm going to focus on verses 1 through 12 this morning, and I'm going to try and 
pick out some really juicy pieces from, from this. You know, as a teacher, I would say that if you go to staff development, if you can walk away with one really good nugget um, after a day of training, that, that's a good thing. If you want to grab onto one thing. And so I'm going to try and give you a few nuggets today. 1 Thessalonians 2, 1 through 12, and this is Paul's ministry. For you yourselves know, brothers and sisters, that our reception among you was not in vain, but after we had already suffered and been treated abusively in Philippi, as you know, we have the boldness in our God to speak to you the gospel of God amid much opposition. For our exhortation does not come from error or impurity or by way of deceit, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak, not intending to please people, but to please God, who examines our hearts. For we never came with flattering speech, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed. God is our witness. Nor did we seek honor from people, either from you or from others, though we could have asserted our authority as apostles of Christ. But we prove to be gentle among you, as a nursing mother tenderly cares for her own children. In the same way, we had a fond affection for you, and were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our own lives, because you had become very dear to us. For you recall, brothers and sisters, our labor and hardship. It was by working night and day so as not to, bur to be a burden to any of you that we proclaim to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and so is God, and how devoutly and rightly and blamelessly we behave toward you believers. Just as you know how we are exhortating and encouraging and imploring each one of you as a father with his own children, so that you would walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. Wow, there is, there's so much there, and I'm going to go through some big pieces on all these. Before I move on, though, you can see that since it's a missions week, this is a trip in 2016 sent from here, NCC. That's a team of, looks like Caroline Jarrett and Amanda Whitney, Walker Thomas and David Schaefer in that picture. I'll share another story about that picture in a little, little bit. So there we go. Okay, Paul's ministry. Now, I was talking to the people in the church, people just kind of interviewing those. We're talking, you know, what does it mean to be a missionary? What does it mean? Where are you going to go to be a missionary? And we have in our minds a lot of time that we're going to travel great distances. You know, as it turns out, one of our missionaries you'll get to see is Heath Kramer, and he travels to Lincoln. He's on the radio, and his voice travels great distances. But I thought, you know, what does that mean, great distances? So, so let's look at where we're at here, and you can see there it is, Thessalonica, and this is Greece, there's Corinth and Athens, and then you can see, all right, so I zoomed in, we're going to walk, we're going to walk it. Well, I figure back in the day, you know, Paul's not driving, so uh, Corinth, Athens, so he's going through this whole region, lots of different cities and, and towns and on his different missionary trips, so I was trying to figure it out, I think I have these numbers right, but I got to tell you, I'm not a biblical scholar for a lot of these pieces, so if I'm, if I'm wrong, you can talk about it during the ABF hour first missionary journey, I think it was 10 different cities or towns and took about six to nine months. The second missionary journey, which is actually when Paul went to Thessalonica up here, was I think there was 15 different cities or towns and it, it took between two and three years. And then the third missionary trip was 16 towns and over three years. So he got around and really, as you think about it, it's not that big of an area. I mean, honestly, he's walking from Lincoln to Omaha, preaching the word. He gets to Omaha. He's like, well, I better stay here a while. You know, it's a good 50 miles. But then what does that look like for us? So here it is. So I put, there's the state of Nebraska 
factored in. So if you were to walk across Nebraska from Yankton, South Dakota, all the way to, uh, this is Emmanuel Lutheran Church there, actually had, broke down once, it got stuck at that church right across the Kansas border. So I knew that was really close. And you can see that if you're going to walk across, that's 77-hour walk right there. Well, it was 100 hours to go from Corinth to Athens to Thessalonica. So this is not a huge area. Sometimes we're thinking missions mean we have to get on a plane and travel great distances. And, and as it turns out, I, I really think that's probably not what it's about. So you could even go to Kansas. Um, and I, I, I know that's scary for a lot of us, but, <laughs> but you, you could do it. You could go to Kansas and share the gospel. But the first step, as you heard in the verse there, it says, we have the boldness in verse 2. We have the boldness in our God to speak to you the gospel amid much opposition. And I got to tell you that in a lot of our lives today and as a teacher, it is difficult to be bold. It is scary to be bold. Um, Paul was able to move past those fears and find ways to share the gospel, find ways to do that. And I think that as we each are missionaries around our family members in other states or even in our workforce and different things like this, that you have a great opportunity to share God wherever you are. And even if it's scary, we're called to be bold. And we're going to look at another word, uh, a little bit stronger than called in a moment there. The next verse is Mark 16, 15. I'm going to tie some pieces together, but you'll notice a team of people there, another team from North East, or Northwest, man, Community Church, having trouble. There they are. The, uh, Pastor Heath Kramer at the time led a group of high school students to Arizona working with Native Americans. And this verse says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. So you think about this, oh, sorry, there's one more. That's uh, Ray Kapke on this side, I think. Uh, Heath, Mike Madum, Gene Wild, and a bunch of other youth here. I can, yeah, hopefully you're pulling out that my passion isn't just the, the adults, but that we can really bring in our youth and get them excited about missions also. Share the gospel and be bold. Well, we see that Paul was being bold, that Paul was moving and sharing the gospel. We can see that in other verses throughout Scripture, we are sharing the gospel, and it turns out that if you look at the New Testament, you're going to find that at least 10 books are written to towns or cities or groups of people that were parts of mission trips, that they were included, that they were connected throughout the world at that point, which feels kind of small, like we can do also. So as we share and as we develop this heart for missions, we're going to act. And I apologize. I think in your bulletin I was mixing things up. So it says act instead of acts. But you can see that really we're going to go to acts here. And this is where it gets a little bit stronger. It says, for the, so the Lord commanded us. That's a little bit different than being called, I think. You know, you can get a call. You can be, someone can talk to you on the phone and give some wisdom and different things. But a command is a little bit different. A command is... Uh, there's an expectation there, an expectation that we'll obey and move forward, take a step in the right direction. And it says, I have appointed you as a light to the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the end of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And all who had been appointed to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was being spread through the whole region. You know, 
today is, as I share a few more pictures, the problem is going to be I have so many unique and amazing stories that I've heard over the years from lots of different missionaries or things that I have experienced myself that I'm not going to tell them all to you today. If you want to stop and ask some crazy stories or some follow-up, man, I've got them. It is just so exciting to be a part of missions. It's exciting to come here on a Sunday. Speaking up uh, with Pastor Jamin this morning, you know, just praying for the jitters as you're preaching. And I'm thinking, it's not the jitters of preaching. It's the jitters of excitement and just getting to share some of my life and some of these pieces with you because we are commanded. We're commanded to act. So we're going to be bold. We're called to be bold. We're going to share the gospel. We're going to learn what that means to share the gospel. We're not just going to have the right answers, but we're going to turn it into a heart piece where we can share that with others. And we are not doing it just because it's a whim or because we feel good about it or because we like reading scripture with our friends. We're going to do it because God actually commands us to act as we saw. And that's a big deal. Well, now let's go through a few missionaries. So this is Joshua Kewen, and he is serving in Brazil. You got to meet him this last year. He's there now with Ethnos 360. These are the Freds, the Fred family. So F-R-E-A-D is Fred, okay? And they are also in Brazil. So we have two different regions of Brazil. I'll say the northern and southern region. It's not very specific. And you got to meet them as well. This, this is Dave and Connie Moody. Now, they are with Cedar Creek Bible Church here in Nebraska, near Burwell, Nebraska. And they were a part of this body. Then they joined RHMA, which is basically a missionary group for pastors and churches that need help. They're small groups. They need a pastor to come in. They can't always afford their own pastor. And Dave has been there working on his master's degree now, actually, and his family is growing up and changing there. But that's in Nebraska. So if you want to go and reach out to a missionary, you don't have to travel that far. Go to Burwell. Go camping and head there for a day of worship. All right. Well, building relationships is the next one. And as, you, as I started, this is a big piece. So just because you have a relationship with someone sometimes turns into difficulty, actually, with sharing the gospel. Have you ever found this out, that you have a relationship with someone, you love someone so much that you spend time with them, and you're worried now that if you share the gospel with them, that you're going to hurt the relationship, that they will reject the word of Christ, and they won't want to talk to you anymore. And I got news for you, that might be okay. Well, it's hard. It's hard. But if we go back to the scripture, and I'm going to read this in verse 8, says, In the same way, we had a fond affection for you, and we're delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you had become very dear to us. So here are some dear friends that we got to meet in Tanzania when we went in 2016. A few guys there. And I got to tell you, it doesn't take much to care for people when you're excited to be around them. So I love finding ways to care for people, and I always already uh, shared with Walker Thomas, David, Amanda, and Caroline were with us on this trip. Well, one of the big pieces there, and this is a great God moment, where we were standing around in this same area, this is where we did our fellowship time, where we ate meals, and we got together, and we uh, were supposed to speak at a school, and the school had figured out that we might be Christians. And so they kind of kiboshed, and they said, you know, we don't want you to come talk to the kids after all. Because we would go to a school, the teachers would go on break. They'd just, like, disappear, and they'd say, okay, the assembly time's yours. And literally, there would be no teachers, and we'd just start talking, and the kids at the whole school would join around us. And then we'd tell you, you know, hey, we love you, goodbye, and there's a church down the road. And they would connect with local people. Then they could come in and give them more information, so it wasn't just us coming in and leaving them hanging. Well, when they canceled this next school... We suddenly had an afternoon. The question was, what are we going to do? And one of the guys in this group says, well, uh, let, you know, let's go nearby. There's this group, there's this town. It's like 
15 minutes away. Why don't we just go over there and, and just share our hearts? And we're like, that sounds great. And Amanda and Caroline were like, that sounds awesome. We've trained with CEF. We know how to share the gospel. And David and Walker were like, why would we do that? Wait, on our own? You mean, and we're like, well, we'll stick with you. So you're not sticking with us. We're going to go. We're just got to gotta get this done. So we had a, a truck. We all piled in the back of the truck. And then Deb and I hopped on a motorcycle and we drove the motorcycle. We're driving down this road. And you come around the corner and there's armed guards, you know, AK-47, several people both side of the road. The gates are down. We pull over. We talk to them. Hey, we just want to go through here, talk to this group. And they're like, oh, great. Sounds great. Raise the gate. And we drive through. We shared the gospel. We split in different teams. Deb and I went with translators. Amanda and Caroline went with translators. Walker and Dave went with translators. They actually did it. And we were able to share the gospel. We shared our hearts, went around. We said, you know what? There's a church within walking distance of you right here. We got them plugged in with the translators and some of the local pastors. It was, it was amazing. I mean, it, it was absolutely amazing. People were just like, what? What? Asking questions. They wanted to know about who this God was. And you're like, well, the church is literally a 12-minute drive. I mean, you can walk easily because people are walking pretty far. Didn't think anything of it. Get back in the cars, great time, head back, wave at the guards, you know, with their big guns, get all the way back. We're sharing with one of the pastors, and they're like, you did what? We're like, well, yeah, we got in the trucks, we drove in the motorcycle, and they let you through? Well, yeah, we said who we were, we're just missionaries. They're like, we're not allowed to go down there. How did you get by those people? With the gun, like, they will shoot you. You're not allowed to cross on this road. And we're like, well, we didn't know. We just wanted to share the gospel. We had a few extra hours, and we had a motorcycle and a truck. So come to find out, that the only reason why this area was so close and so unreached is because there was an army installation nearby, and they wanted no one anywhere near it. They're, you know, government secrets. And so it was closed. You were not allowed to go. And they had literally just waved us on through. It was, I'm getting goose pimples even thinking about it. It was an exciting moment as we realized that the gates had been open wide and we had been given an opportunity. We're like, maybe we should just go through the gates. I mean, they're already open and they let us. You know, by simply caring for the people nearby and being open to different opportunities, God provided so many. And I'm, I'm imagining that all of you and I, as we hear these stories, we get excited about mission. You're like, well, yeah, but what about work? You know, I, there's potential I could lose my job. You're right. You're right. And I'm not encouraging you to put yourself out there and get your head cut off. But I am encouraging you to look for opportunities where the gates are open wide to you, where you can step in for a little bit of time, share your heart with someone, head back to safety, and at the same time, what happened? Well, what I understood happened is that several people showed up that week that were able to connect and come to the church and being able to listen to a message and had no idea that it was just literally just right down the road. So by caring and building relationships, but did you catch that what the difference was there? We actually shared the gospel first. We just went in, shared the gospel, and now we had that opportunity for them to come in and build relationships with the people that were living in the area, not, not just us. All right, let's go to Philippians 2, 1 through 4. I'll read this one for you and look at this next key piece. It says, therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affliction and compassion make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but what with humility, 
Consider one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. We know I'm moving fast through a lot of big ideas today, but when I read that one, I thought, man, being of the same mind, that is a difficult thing. As an elder here at NCC, we get together sometime, and our prayer is that when we meet, we are of the same mind so that we can come together we can help everybody in this church grow, that we can reach out, get to know you guys as you come. If you're visiting, we're trying to reach out and meet you. We want to know who your family are. We want to know when your birthdays are. We want to celebrate life with you. And if we're not in the same mind, it turns out that that's pretty difficult. I got to tell you, sometimes on the way home from work, I like to stop at the grocery store. And when I stop at the grocery store, I tend to buy things that look good. I tend to go straight to the milk, you know, straight to the milk, which they just happen to know that I have to walk to the clear far back of the grocery store. I got to go all the way to the far back corner of Super Saver. By the time I get there, I'm going to have to go back and get a cart because they've got new things on those aisles. That's uh, something that I've had to learn. Well, you, you wonder how this is with the same mind. So I get home, and what happened? Well, guess what? Someone else already has milk and already has the lettuce, and already has the salad dressing, and it's because my wife and I are in the same mind in some areas, and then I bring in the other 12 bags. You know, there's a new flavor of Doritos, and then some Cheetos, and some other things that I wanted, and then I open the fridge, and I'm like, well, why is the fridge full? Didn't you know I was going to stop at Super Saver on the way home and was going to grab a few things, you know? And she said, yes, I did know that you were going to stop, but you were supposed to call and make sure we're on the same thing. Well, it turns out the church is the same way. We like to work with you. We like to encourage lots of specific ministries here at NCC. We don't have things every day of the week for the exact same group. We like to connect with you and build, like with anchor crew. Man, what a great opportunity for us to work together as a body and allow you missions opportunities in our own building with children. I mean, what a fantastic way for all of us to work together by being of the same mind. That is just so difficult sometimes, but I'm here to tell you it is such a blessing when we get to work with you. The next part from Thessalonians is that we get to share the gospel and we share the lives. And just really quickly, as we were headed back from Ethiopia, one of the pieces for us is that our plane was going to go through Frankfurt, Germany. And it turned out that I could call the airlines and I could extend my layover from an hour to a week. And we did that. So we extended our layover, we got off the plane, we got to experience Frankfurt, Germany. And I had just happened to have a friend there that was at high school with me. He was a foreign exchange student. And we got to go get off the plane, go visit uh, Karsten. Well, I got to tell you, this was a nerve-wracking experience for me. Here we were coming off the missions field after having lived in Ethiopia for six months. And I was more nervous about spending time with a friend of mine that didn't know God on the way home than anything else. It was just absolutely bizarre. Well, we were doing a bunch of fun things. And he was in college. We were college age. And he wanted to go pub hopping because that was a big deal. And we said, okay, well, we'll just kind of do what you want to do. So we went to this, we went to a pub. And I got to tell you, it was a little bit different than it was in the United States because I personally, I just don't like beer. It's just absolutely disgusting. I, I'm just one of those people. And he ordered me something to drink. So I started drinking it and I drank the whole thing. And he just looked at my face. He's like, what's wrong? I said, oh man, that's horrible. I don't know how you guys drink this. And he looked at me and says, why in the world did you drink it then if it's gross? I'm like, 
well, in the United States, if they offer you a beer, I think you're just supposed to do it. I don't really know. It's disgusting. And he's like, that is ridiculous. Let's do something different. I'm like, you know, that, that'd be fine. And all I had to do was communicate that. Well, we're driving home, and, and I think there's just a lot of confusion going on. He was probably upset with me. I don't even know. But we're in the car, and I just was praying this whole time. You know, all this, this weird opportunity to talk about God. And it just it wasn't finding an open gate. I was just too scared. I wasn't being bold. I had a relationship, but... I was thinking, this isn't going to work. And I was just praying, praying, praying. So we're headed back home from uh, probably Bonn there in Germany. And as we started talking in the car on the Audubon and asking questions, I just started sharing my heart about the gospel of Christ. And I got to tell you, he was completely open as we drove in the car. And I don't know what it was. I mean, I don't know that it was... The words I said, because I'm pretty sure that I was praying for God to give me the exact words. And I wish I could get up here and share some of those words with you today. Like, I would like to tell you exactly, okay, this is what I said, point one, point two, point three. He turned to Christ and things moved forward. I cannot remember a single word that I had in that moment. I have tried over the years. I mean, this is a long time ago. I have tried and tried and tried. What did I say? Because in the end, he responded so positively that he wanted to know more. Now, he did not profess faith, faith to Christ. He probably moved on that day and didn't go to church the next day. But he had an opportunity to hear some of my heart for the gospel because of that moment. I don't know what I said. And it has, it has to make me believe that as I was sharing the gospel and sharing my life, that Christ was working through me and that those words were his and not mine. Well, here's a few more missionaries for you. The Bates family will be joining us in the next couple weeks who are currently serving in England. We'll get to hear more from them. There's Jonathan Yoli Musgrave with CEF Nebraska. So he's the state director in Lincoln, actually, so they're nearby. Here's another one. This is Dennis and Valerie Easton serving in the Philippines. Exciting family. They got to visit us this last year as well. Man, what a great opportunity for us to see people as they come, visit, ask questions, and if I'm ready, I'm going to just read this really quickly. This is, I took this from the Wycliffe Bible Translators. I had a friend that was a missionary there. It says, what your missionaries mean when they say? Well, your missionaries probably send out newsletters, emails regularly to give you updates on their work and lives because there's so much to communicate and so many details. But have you ever wondered about the rest of the story? When they say this, we've had some health issues. Oh, what does that mean? Well, it might mean this. Our stomachs are constantly just a little off, and we're used to that now, but it might be a little gross to talk about all the illnesses we've had in the past six months, including malaria, typhoid, chikungunya, amoebas, and oh, intense diarrhea. Also, our whole family just finished our second routine round of deworming for the year, just in case. But we became missionary, uh, before we became missionaries, we thought deworming was only for pets. Uh, we've had some health issues. How about this? Thank you for praying for us. This might mean that we know you're praying for us and that God hears your prayers because if you weren't praying, we absolutely couldn't do it. Thank you, and please keep praying. Or what about this one? God has been faithful during this difficult season. They might mean this. God and God alone has kept us focused on him and moving forward despite the hardships around us. We have struggled physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. We have been discouraged and angry and exhausted, but we know that God is with us and we are clinging to that truth. Well, as we go through my last few pieces for it being hard work, we saw back in Thessalonians that 
It's a 24-7 job. It's day and night prayer. It's moving through this country all the time, never stopping, never ceasing. Well, that can be discouraging. That can be tiresome. That can be difficult. So as we look at 1 Corinthians then, it says this, I urge you, brothers and sisters, you know the household of Stephanus, and that they are the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have devoted themselves to the ministry of the saints. I urge you that you also be subject uh, to such as these, and to everyone who helps in the work and the labors. So to be subject to these people that are working hard, to encourage them, and to be devoted as missionaries ourselves, and to be devoted in our workplace, to be, to be devoted with our friends to be devoted to sharing the gospel and not just your lives. And the last one we read was to encourage and exhort, to build them up. I had a great opportunity yesterday. I was able to talk to Jeannie Brumbelo. Now, we supported Mark and Jeannie Brumbelo with AIM in Africa for a long time. They're currently in Butte, Nebraska, and they are here retiring as you know, Mark is going through some health issues with some mental pieces. And as I got to talk with her and listen to her heart, I will tell you this one encouraging piece is that Jeannie said one of the best things of coming home, they're in a big house that's way too big for them. It feels awkward, a little weird. They're used to being in a smaller accommodations overseas. But she said just being able to have a place where her family can come visit them for the first time with her grandchildren has been a huge blessing. And she encouraged me to share this verse with you you. This is a verse for her life right now, and I'm just going to read it. This is Joshua 1.9, and she has committed this to memory. This is a good piece, and I might encourage you to do the same thing. Have I not commanded you? Oh, there it is again. Sorry. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Mark and Jeannie Brumbelow are now serving in Nebraska. They're retired missionaries. They were over in Africa for 30 whole years. And here we are continuing to get to support them as they continue to share the gospel now with their loved ones. Well, the last missionary I saved here, there they are. Okay, yes, the Kramer family. Heath and Ann. Heath serving with MyBridge Radio. You can see the whole tribe there looks like with the little one, grandchild, a great-grandchild if you go through that with Oh, man, Roger and Connie, what a great opportunity to support a family here in our midst going out from Nebraska to the ends of the earth. Well, you're wondering why this is happening all in one service, why you get to hear so much in one time, and the answer is Merry Christmas. <laughs> Let me be the first to say Merry Christmas to you, and as we get to raise our money for our Christmas gift for missionaries, our goal this year is $1,600. We're going to try to send a gift to each of our missionaries to encourage and support them. This is above and beyond what we normally support them. And as you can see here, Merry Christmas, our team with Operations Christmas Child that went to Denver. If there's something that you're interested in doing, talk to Deb and we'll see about raising up a team again. Uh, this is the time of year where we sign up for those slots with uh, COVID kind of being better on us. Now we're able to travel and they are doing these again with groups. If you want to go by yourself, you can sign up for a time slot and go. You don't have to go with a group of people. But what great opportunity to be of the same mind, of the same spirit, to build relationships with others, to pray over those boxes as they travel around the world. And we get to share Christ 
with children to lots of different people around the world. What a great opportunity to do so. And so as I close today, I'm just going to read this last verse. And this verse, if you're wondering, this is on the wall. This is the verse that was behind Troy as he was sharing his heart for missions and why he's on the missions committee. But it says this, John 20, 21. So Jesus said to them, Peace be to you, just as the Father has sent me, I also send you. Well, you got to hear my heart for missions. I get excited about it. I've had to tone it down today a little bit. I've tried not to go too crazy because God is using us here at NCC. God is using not just me in this moment or not just using the people that you saw on the screen, but the opportunity for you all to be used wherever you are as missionaries by simply talking about this gospel of Christ and incorporating your friends and family into your life. Thank you guys for being with me on this journey today. I'm going to go ahead and close in prayer. Lord, thank you so much. Thanks for the highlights from these missionaries. Thank you for allowing us to contribute and be a part of their lives. Thank you so much for the opportunities that we have to support them. But really, Lord, I want to thank you. Thank you for commanding us to be bold, to be courageous. Thank you for commanding us to encourage and exhorting one another. Thank you, Lord, for the commandment that we go out and share your word with the, of the gospel, the greatest story ever told with our friends and family, our coworkers and loved ones, and even across the state and to the rest of the world. In your name I pray, amen.